Fighting. Hatred. Fear. Had enough of the noise? listening uh hope you're having a beautiful day wherever you may be folks uh it's been a week hasn't it it has been a week you know sometimes we have interviews on the show sometimes we have really introspective shows you know from the heart shows and sometimes we have like really strongly informational shows and just want to say thank you to all of my listeners out there uh really appreciate all the love and the support and you know, um, you know, just the backing that you that you give this show and that you give me gives me a lot of strength to keep going on. And it's felt. And I, I just want to acknowledge that and just say with complete humility, thank you so much. I, it means the world to me. You know, um, it's been a crazy last three years. You know, it's been a, a crazy last three years, and. We keep looking for when's this going to slow down, when the train is, when is going to slow down and we're going to be able to wrangle this and, and start moving the country and ourselves back into some semblance of pre, you know, pre-COVID normalcy. And I don't know that that's coming. You know, I don't know that that's coming. I don't know if we're so fractured that we're going to be carrying these wounds for generations and things like that. But I do know I want to be a part of the healing process with everyone. Um, it's interesting as you get out there and you start sharing so much of what you're doing, you know, and, and attempting to help. It's just the, the negativity that comes back is just so impressive, you know, and I, I, I know now that's why God was telling me, take no offense. It's something I got to get better at. It's just simply going to happen. I am going to get better at it. Um, because speaking truth has never been a problem and, you know, being selfless, I enjoy doing it's, it's, a, it's a joy to me to do and remaining humble. Thankfully, I took a lot of hard knocks being an egotistical prick, you know, decades ago. And so that's not much of an issue for me either. Um, when I'm wrong about something, I'm wrong. When I'm right, I'm not going to back down on it. And I think that's how it should be for all of us. If you believe in something strongly and you know you're right about it, you can back it up with facts and not opinion. <laughs> I think that's the big denominator right there. But yeah, you should dig in and hold your ground. You know, and The things I know about, I tend to speak on and speak passionately on the things I don't feel like I have a good grasp on. I tend to you know, be quiet and listen to people and, and get a variety of thoughts and then go do my own homework, you know, before I register an opinion, if I even want to, you know, my work, um, you know, for this time period we're in is, is really about, uh, helping the people who are in a lot of pain from the shots, the people who are severely injured, moderately injured, especially the severely injured you know, developing a plan that's going to work for them. We're seeing good results. It's not nearly as fast as everybody would like to see. And we're going to talk a little bit about some of that in the next couple segments. 
I'm actually going to propose a question to you. Um, <clears throat> I'm actually going to propose a question to you uh, about um, is cancer bad? We're going to have an honest conversation about reframing and some of the things we've come to believe, some of the conditioning we've been programmed to accept and look at things a little bit differently, unlearn you know, what we have been forced to learn. Because a lot of what we've been forced to learn is about division. And a lot of what we've been forced to learn is about hating each other, polarity. A lot of what we've been forced to learn is about fearing that which is different from us and that which is unknown, when there really are very minor differences to most of us. Most of us are about faith, family, and freedom. And that's a really good thing. Most of us really care about our children and our grandchildren. We want to see the very best for them. We want to pass on wealth. But now we're faced for the first time with the question in this generation of passing on freedom to them as well. You know, <clears throat> I want to start today's show, and it's a little bit of a somber tone, and it's with purpose. I, I want to acknowledge what it seems like um, so many people who are hell-bent, and I mean it specifically in that phrasing, hell-bent on pursuing their agendas. It seems like so many of them... <clears throat> seems like so many of them are ignoring the humanity of what took place in Tennessee this week at, um, I'm going to get the school right, of Covenant School. And I'm not going to give the, the shooter any credence by mentioning their name. It's a, and I, I, I cringe when I read these articles because they're always, their name is always given. This, this incredible infamy is presented to them first before we get to the humanity of the people that lost their lives, especially in this case, the children. It always, it always gets to me. And I'm grateful for that. Not that something horrific happened to these children, but I'm grateful after all that we've seen so many of these that I can still be moved by it, moved to tears, you know? Evelyn <clears throat> Dykehouse, Haley Scruggs, William Kinney, the children, all nine years old. I, the adults, <clears throat> Cynthia Peake, Mike Hill, Catherine Kuntz, you know, I just want to say my sincere condolences to their families. I can only imagine what their families are going through right now and trying to sort through all of this. I think it's despicable that in the same week that this has occurred, this tragedy has occurred, that 
it has been used as a springboard by politicians to call for Americans' guns. Can we honor them first before we have these national discussions? Can we give a mourning period to these families and say, as a family, we empathize with you and that it's time to take a break for a moment and reflect on what's going on. I'm constantly reminded by two uh, mass shooting events from long ago. I remember the Columbine event that kind of started this whole phenomenon for us in the country, right? I remember how it shut down the entire country and the world. I remember seeing two women in France holding each other, crying when they heard what had happened. And you could feel the depth of the human soul. You could feel our humanity coming forward that everyone understood this was a horrible, horrible thing. I remember um, a mass shooting, I believe it was in Pennsylvania, it may have been Ohio, but it was in a Amish community. And there was an Amish spokesman that came out the same day and he said something beautiful. He said, we wanna say a prayer for the shooter's parents because we know that they must be suffering too. And then he asked for the privacy of the community and they receded back into their own community to handle this the way they do. And I thought both of those really symbolized the correct approach with how to handle this. That what we are losing in this, these narratives and these agendas is our humanity, our, our ability to stop for a second and say, these are real people that lost their lives. These are real people that were suffering. It's not the gun. It's the suffering. It's not the gun. It's the antidepressant that seems to always be present in these cases. The mental illnesses that always seem to be present in these cases. And maybe in this day and age, it's the lack of protection. We have so many brave men and women that when they end their tours, they have a hard time finding work. It's unconscionable to me. You risk your life, you come back home, and now you have a hard time finding a job. Why don't we put two of those, three of those in every campus in the country? And they say, people say to me, well, that's a foolish idea. Why? There are armed guards around every Capitol building, every legislature. There's armed guards and uh, campus police on every university. We don't have a problem with that. We think that that's a really good idea. So why don't we think it's a good idea to have armed and trained people who would love to protect children in every school? It just seems like the biggest no-brainer in the world. That's not what happened this week, is it? Forgive me for clearing my throat. See if we can edit that out. Instead, what do we get all in the same day? We get, we're going to take your guns. We get, you know, um, a national day of 
of trans visibility supported by the White House, which just blows my mind. And we get a president indicted by a city grand jury, not a state grand jury, not a federal grand jury, a city grand jury, and presumed guilty. Wow. I've seen a lot in the last three years, and I know you have too. And uh, I guess Thursday of this week really said, hold my beer. So in all of the drama that's going on, I want to make sure we don't lose sight of our humanity. And I want to say a special prayer for the families and the departed, Evelyn, Haley, William, Cynthia, Mike, Catherine. I want to say, may God bless you to be greeted by your ancestors and welcomed into his kingdom. And may your families come together and celebrate all that was good about you and carry forward the best of what you were. Heavy. It's heavy, y'all. We do include in every show what we're grateful for. I'm always grateful for God, and I hope you are too. I'll say I'm also grateful for love music. It's something I've been encouraging people to play more and make sure it's getting into your ears and into your heart every day. I love going back to Motown. I love going back to the 70s, you know, and just playing that while I'm working late at night or on a weekend. You know, there are no days off. You know, evil's not taking any days off, so I won't be either. And I know a lot of people say to me, well, Doc, we're worried about you, worried about your health. I'm in great health. <laughs> I'm blessed to be able to do this work. Um, and I appreciate the the concern as well. You know, I completely can. Can, I, I really do appreciate the concern that evil isn't taking a day off and I'm not going to either. It's really that simple. But thinking of this love music, you know, you see me with Bob Marley over my shoulder. If you catch me in an interview, you'll hear me talking about Motown and Stevie Wonder and all these people who loved singing about love. Well, One of my favorites is Marvin Gaye, and I think he's probably many of your favorites too. And I think this is appropriate for our intro today. Mother, mother, there's too many of you crying. Brother, 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 there's far too many of you dying. You know, we've got to find a way to bring some loving here today. Father, Father, we don't need to escalate. You see, war is not the answer, for only love can conquer hate. You know, we've got to find a way to bring some love in here today. Picket lines, sing it with me, and picket signs, don't punish me with brutality. Talk to me so you can see what's going on. Yeah, what's going on. 
Tell me what's going on. Oh, yeah, what's going on? What's going on, my people? What's going on is that love is being called into service. God is asking you to find your courage and fight for everything that you believe in. Because all we hold dear is threatened. And it's going to take courage. It's going to take God's courage living within us to see us through this great trial that we're experiencing in humanity. We'll be right back with more Energetic Health Radio right after these messages. The Wellness Company shares your values and fights for medical freedom. They put patients before profits and follow medical science, not political science like doctors on the left. Their chief medical board, which includes Dr. Peter McCullough, are the makers of the incredible American-made, high-quality Spike Formula. If you worry about Spike proteins, go to TWC.health and use promo code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount. Once again, that's TWC.health, promo code OUTLOUD. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free, love it, or your money back, guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code out loud. All right, welcome back, everyone. I'm going to pick the energy up just a little bit. Um, wanted to just have a really a, a moment for, um, for those children, especially. Um, and I just really appreciate you giving me that moment. You know, I think it's easy to see we're going in the wrong direction. So the question becomes, well, what do we need to do to go in the right? And I think one of the things that we need to do is we need to consistently reevaluate everything we've been misled to believe, particularly about health, particularly about death, and particularly about what is right in this country? You know, I can tell you that 10 years ago, I was a very different person. I think many of us were. 10 years ago, I was definitely trending on the nonsensical thought of Jesus never existed, please. <laughs> I had to think to myself on that over the last year, you know, how could anyone that didn't exist, a fable, right, carry this much credence through so many, um, through so many cultures and so many ages? <laughs> That's not possible. We forget things in two seconds, you know. <laughs> so, you know, it just got me this thing like, oh my goodness, you know, I was falling into this trap. You know, I was falling into this trap of climate change, not understanding that it has nothing to do, I shouldn't say nothing, but very minimal to do with pollution and so much to do with 
how many trees we've cut down since, you know, really over the last 150 years. We've actually done calculations. I've published studies on this showing that when you read the Paris um, Climate Accords and everything like that, <laughs> they're trying to get down to net zero carbon. <laughs> they're trying to get down to zero carbon emissions. And it's like, you have to understand as a scientist that if you get down to zero carbon emissions, that means because there's no life period on the planet, not just human life, there's no life that getting down to zero um, carbon emissions is impossible with life existing as we know it. Um, so, you know, you start seeing those obvious flaws in the thought process and you're like, well, this, this really doesn't have anything to do with this. You know, we, we have great things that grab carbon and they're called trees. That's why we shouldn't be cutting down forests, let alone old growth forests. We need to grow more trees. Same is true of the oceans. You just got to clean up the oceans. You clean up the oceans, you plant more trees, you plant a tree for every man, woman, and child on the planet. And we've done our calculations. Climate change, supposedly, you know, the carbon that is rising is gone. It's gone in about a decade, you know? But my suspicion is many, much of that is... This whole climate change nonsense is, has everything to do with geoengineering, and they feel like they've figured out some things with geoengineering. And I guess the people on the West Coast, and especially in California, who are getting hit with so much snow and rain would kind of agree that maybe this is an abnormal year, right? Maybe an engineered year. So there's just a lot going on, you know, and it, it, it makes me question you know, it makes, I've actually gone back and questioned everything all the way to Santa Claus, you know, like what was I being taught? I was being taught to accept gifts from somebody who broke into my house. That's foolish, right? <laughs> and to leave cookies for this fictitious creature. I've been, I've been taught to not give credit to the people who actually deserve it, my parents, and celebrate this fictitious character you know, that comes down my chimney, right? If I have a chimney, that was always my question. Well, what about kids that don't have a chimney in their house? Don't have a house, right? How, how are they getting gifts, right? Wow, Santa, Santa Claus figures it out, right? Um, and I just was like, well, what is that really teaching us? You know, it's teaching us as children. Most kids figure it out, you know, eight, nine, 10, right? And figure it out. And they don't say anything. They don't say anything because they're like, well, wait a minute, I get more gifts when I believe in Santa Claus. So, I get rewarded for believing in a lie. I'm going to go along with that lie. It's in my best interest. We teach children to be complicit with Santa Claus. Oh, it's just a fun tradition. Really? I mean, is it? You know, Santa, Satan, coincidence? I don't know. You know, um, it just makes me question, you know, and I, I didn't go along with that raising my my son. I was like, no, we're not doing that. You know, dad works really hard to put those gifts you know, under the tree. So, you know, it's not that I need credit, but I'm not going to deflect you into, you know, becoming an, a complicit human being, you know, in this process, you know, um, it, it's just so many things have had to be reevaluated and questioned. You know, I used to think that people who were, um, you know, on the religious right, as if that's a bad thing, were, you know, were just kooky dukes. And I was like, you know, and, and I was wrong. I was like, no, they were seeing very early on that we were heading in a very wrong direction. And how did they know? 
because they have deep faith and they understand that any path that leads away from God is the wrong path. I agree with them. I have found God in my life. I have invited God into my life. I encourage you to invite God into your life. And I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just saying, you know, consider it. Why would you not want your creator and you're involved in your life? Obviously, your creator created you. He must have done so out of love. And what I'm saying is it's just caused me to really reevaluate everything. And, you know, you, you know, you already, if you've studied your history, you already know that, you know, history is cyclic. You already know that it's never what the, it really seems. You know what I mean? Like everybody's saying in, in, in Russia and in, in Germany and things, it was like, let's disarm the citizenry because we don't need those things. And, trust your government and did it you go sorry no government works for the people in this country no 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 it's a constitutional protected right no um there's a reason for it that reason for is it is it levels the playing field you know nobody has any illusions about going up against our military our military would win <laughs> you know i mean that's pretty obvious but our hope would be that our military wouldn't follow unlawful orders which we've seen them doing the last three years, which has been really disconcerting as well. And to much to the injury for many of the brave men and women who've dedicated their lives to protecting us, you know, and I'm talking openly and specifically about the forced mandates to remain in service to this country. I think that's ridiculous. If you want to risk your life to protect Americans um, and you don't want to be a part of an experiment, you shouldn't have to be. I've worked with soldiers who went through the anthrax uh, shots, that experiment, that failed experiment, and were so disabled that they were dishonorably discharged because they couldn't carry a 50-pound backpack on a five-mile hike. They were just cast away. They were experimented on and cast away. Our, our military did that. That opened my eyes. That was way back in 2006, I think, when that was going on. Um, I, and I met those folks and started working with them. I... I was blown away. I had no idea that our military would be so callous towards people who have said, look, I'm going to sign up and I'm going to put my, my life on the line to protect all other lives. There's no greater sacrifice than the people who sign up to be a part of our military, our armed forces. And there was a time 10 years ago when I was very down on our military. <clears throat> Foolish, right? Foolish. You need a military. You need the products they use to be made in the country that they're protecting. <laughs> it doesn't make sense to bring in bonnets from China, right? Not in this day and age, but we, that's what we're beholden to. And you need to equip them with everything they need to be successful in the protection of you. We're not doing that either. You know, I have family that have served in the military and I heard all the horror stories. I shouldn't say all because I'm sure there's more out there, but I've heard a lot. I've seen the 1986 National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act, read it 42 USC 300 AA. Go read it. Why is the Department of Defense mentioned throughout? That, that struck me as very odd. A 1986 National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act would some, for some reason have the Department of Defense mentioned throughout. And that the Department of Defense does not have to answer to anyone. 
for this program? Why would that be? That's a very curious inclusion right there. So what I'm saying is I've had to question a, a lot of things. And one of the things that I had to question when my mother passed uh, from stage four lung cancer, um, I had to question the entire medical system. Because you're going in the first, most people, the first experience you go in and you're, you have an image, right? An image that has been conditioned into you that you've been programmed with, that you have accepted the programming on, that these are good people doing their best. The white coats know what they're doing. They're the authority figures, blah, 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 right? Do whatever they say. They know more than anybody else, blah, 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 blah. They've seen people get better, blah, 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 blah. And you have the experience. You have the experience of them talking your mother into an experimental clinical trial. You have the experience of sitting with an oncologist and looking at the oncologist's face and seeing that this dude is lying through his teeth. And that my mother, so afraid and desperate, doesn't even care because it's at least some glimmer of hope. You have the experience of your mother failing and getting worse on the, during the clinical trial. And I mean, obviously bad, like acceleratedly bad. You have the experience of, of her going and spending her last week at a place called the City of Hope where there is no hope. You have the experience of a doctor coming in wearing, he's the fun doctor, the Tigger you know, stethoscope cover and being you know, massively overweight and talking to you about health. And when you ask him, hey, my mother's constipated and she would really like to have a bowel movement, she's not comfortable having him look at you and go, why is that important? You have the experience of, you know, um, day two in that hospital, them taking away the experimental meds that she's asking for because she's still hoping that those, that this time, after several months on this experimental therapy, that it's going to work this time. It's going to save her life. She's still grasping for straws. And they take the medications out of the room without any consent. They just take her and they kick her out of the clinical trial because they don't want her death to have to be recorded in the data that they're going to submit to the FDA. Yeah, I watched all that happen. That's all factual. That all occurred. You watch them talk your mother on her deathbed into experimental rounds of chemo. And then after one, excuse me, chemo of radiation. And then after one session of radiation, she comes out of there screaming in pain and in agony, grabbing me by my arm, looking me in my eye, crying and telling me no more, no more. And it starts to dawn on you at that point. You're not dealing with compassion and humanity. You're dealing with a cult. And when you start to look around, you see that that cult, and that's what they refer to themselves as. Everywhere you see that stick in the snake, it's the cult of Asclepius. And you see that these people don't have compassion, that they've emotionally checked out why? Because they don't ever see anyone getting better. The rare times that they do, they jump up and down. 
because the body recovered itself faster than the medicines they were using could kill it. Why do you think I call it the pharmaceutical industry? Because it's what they do. They harm for profit. I'm in a free country. I'm allowed to say that, right? It's unpopular. Fine. I don't care. I still rest on my First Amendment right. And I will not surrender that. You don't like it? Let's get into a debate. I don't care about your feelings on this when I've watched people I love be murdered. Do you understand what I'm saying? I've had to reevaluate some things. One of the big things I've had to reevaluate is this whole notion of cancer. I ask you, is cancer bad? And many of you will say, yes, it's bad. <laughs> it is bad, dude. Where are you going, Dr. H? Well, my question to you is that what they want you to think. Because I had to ask some other questions, and this is where you start becoming a problem for the system. You become a problem for the system when you ask questions. So I had to ask some other questions, having a different experience with this. I've had to ask questions. Yes, I have had patients fully recover from cancer with natural treatments alone. Yes, I have. I have the proof of it. Yes, I've assisted people going through chemo with natural medicine, and they have recovered beautifully well, faster than any of the oncologists that I've worked with have ever seen. So I have a different point of view on this. And I question everything now of what have you been trying to make me think? Is cancer bad? Well, begs the first question, is death bad? Are you afraid to die? It's a crazy question, right? Of course I'm afraid to die. Why? It's inevitable. That doesn't make sense. Were you afraid to be born? Well, I don't know. I don't remember. Okay. Well, why are you afraid to die? It's going to happen. Wouldn't it be better for us to get comfortable with that idea that it's going to happen and use that idea to inspire us to live more? to be very protective of every single day of our life, every relationship, every experience, because we know that tomorrow isn't promised so that we could treat each day preciously. See, that's how I approach it because I've asked a hard question. Am I afraid to die? And when I first asked the question, yeah, I said, yeah, I was. I'm not anymore, <laughs> especially with what I see going on in the world. I'm not afraid. What's the, what's, the, what's the victory? Stay in here, please. Stay in here or being with my creator. Hmm. Tough one, right? You got to ask yourself some hard questions. So is cancer bad? Well, is death bad? No, it's an, it's an inevitable reality. And God bless that. So is cancer bad? Hmm. Well, let's ask another question. 
right? Because this is how we monkey wrench the system. What would happen if the cells of your body were unable to change their shape, change their function into what we call cancer? What would happen to the cell? Well, to understand that, we have to understand what is happening at the cell level in the first place. I'm going to give you a bird's eye view of this. This is what the literature is all confirming. Stress in any form is going to lead to histamine release in the body. So stress, right? What's stress? Well, emotion can be stressful, right? We've all felt that the last three years in a big way. But guess what else is stressful to your body? Pollution. Guess what else is stressful to your body? Injections. You know which kind I'm talking about. Kind that we are all up in arms about. And I'm not just talking about the mRNA. I'm talking about the ones that came before it too. Because what's in there? Pollution. What else is stressful to the body? Infections. How many people have rampant infections in their body and don't really know it? They feel bad, but they don't realize it's coming from an infection, you see? Stressful to the body. Here's a big one. Nutrient deficiencies. Did you know that? Nutrient deficiencies are stressful to your body. When your body doesn't have enough nutrition, it perceives it as a stress. And when your body goes into a stressed out state, it activates the fight or flight nervous system. It's telling the body that there is an imminent threat and we need to go into a protection, a survival mode. That's what the fight or flight nervous system is. And that's fine in little short bursts. The problem becomes is when you activate fight or flight nervous system all day long, every day for weeks and months and even years now at a time. Ultimately, that's going to be constant release of histamine. And with constant release of histamine is going to become a development of pro-inflammatory markers. The body starts to inflame. And once the body has inflamed, what do we know? We know that cellular damage has occurred. See, everybody keeps saying, well, inflammation is the problem. No, it's not the problem. The problem is the stress. Why? Because the stress damages the cell. And once the cell is damaged, then you get histamine, then you get pro-inflammation. So we got to go a little bit deeper if we're going to actually get to the root of this problem. It's not inflammation. It's that cells are being damaged. That's what stress does. And once you have pro-inflammatory markers incessantly being produced by the body because there's incessant cell damage, which you're left with are two realities leading to cancer, at least two that we know of so far. Production of interferon, which leads to pseudouridine production, which leads to protein synthesis errors, neurodegeneration, cancers, amyloidosis, and tumor necrosis factor, which rises after pro-inflammatory markers have come up, which leads to a phenomenon called cell senescence. That's the cell changing its shape and changing its function and what we call pre-cancer. 
We'll pick up more on cell senescence right after these messages. America out loud beats to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, you're troubled, confused, glad, and thankful. Well, we know you because we are you. AmericaOutloud.com. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. If you're like me, you'd like life to return to some kind of normal. You're burned out on all the fear-mongering, but deep down you try and minimize viral exposure and your risk of getting sick. You've heard it talked about time and again by respected medical professionals. Use a pulvinone iodine nasal solution. I don't need to tell you just how powerful a nasal cleansing formula with xylitol, pulvinone iodine, and vitamin D3 for immune support could be. In fact, my attorney told me not to tell you. Google it and find out for yourself. Now, get yourself a bottle of American-made Cofix RX nasal solution. Let's get out and live again. CofixRx.com. That's C-O-F-I-X-R-X.com. Use coupon code OUTLOUD and get 20% off. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day. Yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Now, is cancer bad? So we went in the previous segment, stress by any form leads to cell damage. Cell damage leads to histamine release. Histamine release leads to pro-inflammation in the body. Pro-inflammation leads to two very important cascades of events. One is one is Interferon production leading to pseudouridine and protein synthesis error. The other is tumor necrosis factor leading to cell senescence. So what is that? Cell senescence is when a cell says, no, I, it realizes it's injured and it's damaged, but it says, no, I'm not going to start the self-destruct sequence known as apoptosis. I'm not going to try to just die. I'm going to transform myself so that I may live. That transformation typically changes the shape of the cell. And as that cell replicates, it replicates versions of itself that are misshapen. And it's the misshapenness that changes the function of the cell. So shape dictates function. We call that change in shape pre-cancer, and if it goes on and gets extensive enough, especially if it starts to spread, we call it cancer. And cancer is a very scary word. Cancer is a very scary word brought to you by very scary people, people in the early 1900s, like the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds and 
the Carnegies and the JP Morgans who all got together and said, we're going to shape the next hundred years. And the next hundred years is going to be wealth through medicine. What are we going to do? We're going to pay for the Flexner report. And we're going to shut down every natural medicine school that was helping teach people how to not need doctors. We're going to make people utterly dependent on us. We're going to take and go after cannabis and get that out of the pharmacopoeia because we know that's actually a medicine that works. We're going to start getting out the medicines that work and we're going to start putting in our medicines that were started out based upon petrochemicals. We know they're toxic, but we're going to put them in and we're going to call them medicine. The public will accept it because that's the only choice they're going to have. And when those medicines make them sicker, i.e. create morbid conditions, i.e. we're going to rename those morbid conditions and we're going to call them side effects. It's just a side effect. Why? Because when we call it a morbid condition, it doesn't really work. It's hard to sell. But if we make people believe that every medicine that they could take has a side effect, a negative one, and it just becomes widely accepted that no matter what medicine you take, there's going to be a side effect. And over generations, because we're patient about this, over generations, we'll weed out the people that know we're full of shit and we'll indoctrinate the newer generations into believing our lies. We'll pay doctors handsomely to lie for us. And the more handsome the doctor, the better they are. We'll put them in these white coats as symbols of authority. And when we put them in these white coats as symbols of authority, we'll start then putting them into hospitals and have buildings of authority. We're going to make sure doctors no longer make house calls, which is how doctors operated I shouldn't say operated. That's a terrible choice of words. How doctors performed their duties prior to. We'll bring in insurance and make sure that you have to have insurance in order to access these buildings. And when you go back into Greece and you go into their history, you'll find that this is identical to what went on with the cult of Asclepius. The key for all of this, indoctrination. Patience and indoctrination. Patience and indoctrination. We'll make people believe that you can inject health through a needle that has poisons in it. We'll call it vaccine preventable disease. Vaccines don't prevent disease. Vaccines are artificial infections that give the immune system something to fight against, what produces immunity is your immune system, not the damn shots. How many people understand that? I do wonder. If we understood that, we would have never allowed someone like Fauci to lie through his teeth that there is no such thing as natural immunity and that the artificial immunity conveyed by the shots, is somehow better. No, that is ridiculous. It's never been that way, ever. Why would it be that way now? You see what I'm saying? When you have to cancel them, you have to cancel their lies. Whether they want to practice cancel culture, fine. Let's start by canceling your corruption and canceling your lies. 
I denounce you, O Satan. I denounce you, O Lucifer, and all the lies that emanate from your pie holes. Do you see what I'm saying, people? We have to unlearn what we have learned. Is cancer bad? Well, it begs a question. The cell has now been under stress. The cell has decided I'm not going to die. Is that a part of God's design, divine design? I think it is. Because what happens when the cell goes into senescence is it's saying to you, I have to continue life at all costs. Why? Because if let's say 2%, 3% of cells in a given tissue have gone into cell senescence, they're precancerous or cancerous. If they didn't have that ability to do that, those cells would immediately die. And if those cells immediately die, the entire system would immediately terminate. What I'm saying to you is without cancer, you would die instantaneously when we're talking about degenerative disease. Your body wouldn't even be able to buy you time. So what if we are looking at cancer completely wrong because we have been pre- programmed by people who profit off of that programming to believe the lie of what they have said, that it's bad, it's scary, and you ought to be afraid of that, and you ought to be afraid of death. Nonsense. What if what cancer really is, is buying time? Buying time for you, if you are to develop it, to figure out why, what's the stressor? Are the, is it infections? Is it pollution? Is it a combination? Is it nutrient deficiencies? Is it emotional stress? Is it all of those things put together? Can you get the cellular environment more conducive for the cell to heal itself? Because what happens in those senescent cells is that they are preserving life, even though they are misshapen and their function is off. Even though if it goes untreated and unaddressed, it can become even worse and ultimately lead to system failure. The body is attempting to buy you time because that cell, even having been misshapen, can unmisshapen itself. Over time, that cell can actually heal itself and replicate healthier versions of itself too. When you start doing it right, how do we know? People have recovered from cancer and people have recovered from cancer without chemotherapy or radiation. Yes, that has occurred a lot, but heaven forbid we should ever talk about it, right? Heaven forbid, because what does that do? It blows up the lie. That's why they've forced brave doctors like Max Gerson to flee this country so he could continue helping save people's lives with natural medicine, cancer, and helping them overcome cancer diagnoses. Look him up. He's got a great daughter, Charlotte Gerson, the Gerson Clinic. Cancer is an industry. It's a profitable industry, highly profitable industry. It would make sense that you would want continual customers. Well, how do you create those continual customers? Continue to pollute the environment. Continue to pollute the foods. GMOs now on the scene, right? Continue to do things that people are going to pay for that are going to lead them into ill health. 
you profit off of them bringing themselves towards their own grave and you profit off the attempt to prevent them from dying. You're playing off of them being afraid to die. You're playing off the, the indoctrination of fear of a diagnosis. And you're also playing off of their lack of education for their own body. See, that's the big problem here. Too many people have surrendered their body to folks in white coats. Too many people have surrendered their bodies to folks that they think know more than them. Well, hey, it's your body. That's the gift God gave you. No one should know more about your body than you do. No one. Because as soon as that happens, you put yourself in an easily manipulable position. People look at me and ask, why are you so confident? How do you know this? How do you... My confidence comes from I've put in the work. I've studied my ass off. I've seen things work. And when something doesn't work, I don't pretend that it is. It's a constant pursuit of learning how to make sure I stay free because I realized very early on, thankfully, that freedom was going to mean being healthy. It is impossible to be free in this country without being healthy. And that means I better know more about my body than anybody that I'm going to talk with. I better know how to care for this amazing gift that God has given me so that I can prevent my cells from going into senescence and developing cancer to the best of my ability. doesn't mean I will all the way. Who knows what's going to happen? But I know that if I should come into a diagnosis such as that, I'm not going to be afraid. And I do know that I will not be doing any radiation. And I do know that I will not be doing any chemotherapy. And I do know that what I will be doing is fasting, which has proven to be every bit as effective, if not more so, than chemotherapy. When you ask questions, is cancer bad? When you ask questions, you can start getting to the heart of the matter. And if we're going to heal as a nation, this is what we have to begin doing. Asking hard questions, having difficult conversations, and putting the onus on us to make our country and this world a better place. I'm up for that challenge, and I hope you are too. Because it's the challenge God has given to all of us in this lifetime. <laughs> and I'm grateful for that. Folks, remember on this journey, this journey that we're on right now, what a bumpy ride. What a bumpy, bumpy ride. We're looking for some smooth air. Well, we're going to have to create it, I think. And that starts with creating smooth air in us, getting into our prayer, our meditation, getting into a remembrance of what is good and that there's a lot here worth fighting for and deciding how we're going to fight the way they want, violence, 
that they can play up and use to their own negative advantage? Or with a lot of love and just saying, no, I'm not going to be ashamed. I like being a man. I like being a woman, right? I like who I am. I love God. I'm not going to be ashamed of stating that to anyone. And if you really believed in inclusivity, you would include me in the conversations. God is never going to be a bad word with me, period. Hmm. We have these challenges to take no offense, speak truth, be selfless, and remain humble. I, like most of you, I have my days when I'm really good and some days when I'm not so good at doing it. But I'm working hard to be better, and I will be better. But I will not go astray, and I will not disavow my creator along the way for anyone's feelings. That's a you problem. If you have a problem with me loving God, that's not a me problem. If you don't love your country, that's a you problem. That's not a me problem. I love my country. And if you don't love your family, that's a you problem. I love my family, warts and all. I love my family. And I'm glad to include all of you listening as a part of it. So we say, may God shine his divine light down upon us all, everyone we love, and surround us in the protection of his warm and healing embrace. I'm Dr. Henry Ely for the Energetic Health Institute and Energetic Health Radio, wishing you a very, very beautiful weekend wherever you may find yourself, a beautiful weekday if you're listening to this on a podcast. Appreciate you sharing this with everyone. I hope this made you feel a little bit better and brought a couple of thoughts up for you today. And say to you, aloha and adios. Mm-hmm.